what's good everybody it is time for the intro um apologies we are dropping this episode way later than expected due to some internal issues and circumstances but we're gonna get back on the ball here and start grinding on the podcast again getting in those weekly episodes on time like we said thank you to all our supporters so far um gonna be weird having that background track with the dramatic music as the intro for this because this isn't really dramatic but we're gonna keep it for now just because i like it general update isaiah is down at his new place so he moved out that's why he wasn't he's not gonna be on this episode apologies for the low energy in the intro segment and the outro segment and audio quality on that and hopefully you enjoy it so hey stay tuned for the secret message at the end enter the ten dollar sweepstakes uh, no one did last week so come on guys get on the ball and with that said episode six starts now <laughs> oh yeah, who lost his voice, yeah? <laughs> Alright, um, that's it. <laughs> suddenly I feel like, okay, I- I'm here. I-, I arrived. Zverev, Alex Zverev is 1 million percent better than Dominic Team. Yeah, Alex, don't like Zverev, he's not nice. No, <laughs> no he's okay, he's okay. He always, uh, you know. I think we're going to leave a mark on Seattle Mariners history. Uh, I wanted to... Uh, beat the world with tennis and I did so I had that a little bit so I had that like a cheekiness and, uh, you know what I will lose but I will win I will beat you the next time this is a sports deal action all right everybody welcome back to episode number uh I think we're on number five right might be number yeah number five and um today we got joined with a special guest MMA expert Franklin Blacker the third how you doing Franklin well, it's the fourth, but... Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm More doing all right. I wouldn't all right. call myself necessarily an expert in mixed martial arts yet, but... No, we're calling you an expert because you are our expert. Um, right. just for today. <laughs> what are we going to start with today? We're going to start with baseball. With our MMA expert. <laughs> I know nothing about baseball. I didn't... Okay. <laughs> it's good, it's good. I right, so um Drew Franklin I'm sure you guys I I yeah I'm sure you guys know about Kalu and uh, JP Crawford and all those dudes right Uh yeah they're monsters Yeah so Kalu's hit like two homers the past couple of days um JP Crawford yeah. hit a leadoff three Dan Okay so he's probably penciled yeah. in as a starting outfielder the dude's going to pop off I'm looking forward to the Mariners season How do you feel about them Franklin Dog, I already told you I I don't watch baseball Alright, All right. there, there you have it. You have extra analysis. Okay, <laughs> um, moving on. We gotta talk about Quinn Dunbar. Um, you yeah, you you know about this. Um, this dude <laughs> straight playing. If you haven't heard, this dude straight playing. That's all I can say. Um, uh, yeah. So if you haven't heard, actually, the guy and his buddy from the Giants just got caught, indicted. I don't know what the technical legal term is. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but they <laughs> got caught trying to bribe the witnesses to recant their testimonies. I think they dropped like 50k for each witness. Damn. So these dudes 
rob some rollies and some jewelry just to pay it back in bribes when they're millionaires. I don't know what to say. What do you think? Um, that That's tough. That's tough. That's your quote of the decade right there. That's tough. So, yeah, uh, Seahawks aren't going to have Quinn Dunbar for the season, obviously. We'll probably have uh, Nico Thorpe or Trey Flowers playing the second CB, and that's a pretty interesting or, outlook for the year. Or secondary. <laughs> I don't know, man. T. Carroll reps it, so we'll see. Um, maybe we'll get the Jamal Adams from the Jets. Maybe we'll get Jadavion Clowney back. That's actually pretty favorable. Enough with Seahawks. Um, oh, yeah, so FYI to everybody listening, we're going through a quick intro. Because we've got a long interview with Brent Pella coming up soon. Comedian, former D2 basketball player, former D1 walk-on. Great stuff you're going to want to listen, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Next subject, let's go on to soccer. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Sounders played. Yeah, our favorite. FC Dallas uh, went out. Um, The other team that I forgot, they are out. So the Sounders played on Friday, I think. They had a 0-0 draw. I did not watch the game because we were interviewing Brent Pella at the time. I think I think it was that day. But um, I heard it was pretty boring because it was 0-0. Um, I don't think you can take anything else from a 0-0 draw. We'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Any comments? Nah. Nah, I feel it. Alright, now we're going to move on to college football. Um... Pac-12 said they were only going to be playing in conference that canceled the Michigan game against UW, Oregon game versus Ohio State, the Notre Dame game versus USC. It's pretty depressing. There was a Yahoo article today that said, hey, let's face the reality. College football isn't happen- happening. Drew, is college football going to happen? No, but actually, I mean, maybe. Think about the money. Like, they've already cut, basically, like, Boise State got cut because football is probably not going to happen. They don't have the funding. I don't know if it's going to happen, man. No money. Anything else, they have to have it, but... Um, yeah, these universities are going to have to dip into their million and billion dollar coffers to bail it out, because they're filthy rich from tuition. Heck yeah. Um, but I don't think the logistics are going to happen, which is going to be sad, because, I don't know, we'll see. It might be good for UW, because they're a young team. With no big quarterback candidate, I think the main dude is Jake Sermon, who took three or four snaps last year. So maybe this will be a growth year and help us out. Um, what else are we going to talk about? What's happening in Seattle sports? There was something else that happened. Do you see anything in the news? Um, I mean, cool. What? In the NBA coming back? Uh, yeah, that's definitely Seattle sports. <laughs> NBA is coming back. Oh, oh, okay. We can rep Matisse Thibel from UW on the Phillies. He's vlogging it up. Go check it out. We um, we support him. We sponsor him. He doesn't pay us anything for it, but we sponsor him. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that one comes soon. Sports news is kind of dead right now. I was going to talk about. I was watching the Raiders. Yes, or yeah, I was watching the Raiders. Raiders. Um, the Raiders. What do you call it? What's that series NFL does? Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks. It was kind of funny because they were having the dramatic intro. It was the first episode. They're like, yo, the Raiders got this tradition, right? They say play hard, play to win. Challenge us. And then there's the, the narrator is like, yo. So the Raiders, they went out there and they signed the best talent in the game, A.B. 
and uh, he's hoping to take the Raiders to the promised land. And then they've got A.B. pulling up to training camp in a hot air balloon. He's like, yo, I'm going to work my heart out for this team. Oakland fans, I got you. Um, it was hard to watch that with a straight face. I don't think anything else needs to be said there. Man never played a snap for the Raiders. Moving on, we're going on to the highlight here. MMA. Yes. Yeah, that's so we're why we're experts here. UFC 251. We're talking UFC 251. Let's start off with um Jan versus Aldo. Some controversy over that. Yeah. Um, He definitely should have stopped the fight way, way sooner. Like, the amount of blood that was just on the canvas after he just kept on eating so many unanswered shots is... So so hold up hold up let's give let's give some background to our non UFC listeners which I think is the majority of them unfortunately. So Jose Aldo, he's a legend, right? Yeah. Tell me about him. Give him some background. Give me some background. So Jose Aldo was just dominating the featherweight division for like ten years. Just like had just so many title defenses, he looked unstoppable until Conor McGregor in two thousand twelve put him away in just one shot, and all of a sudden he just became one of those you know, streamlined fighters that just fights nobodies and sometimes wins, sometimes loses, and then... Which is kind of sad, which is kind of sad. But, um, kept going. This guy, obviously, he's not going to tap out on the fight. The dude's getting pounded on by Jan, and the rest just watching it. Yeah. And if you just look at the amount of blood as well, like, it was... It was very noticeable, like, even, like, the... The, like follow-up fights it was clearly just still there damn so um i didn't see it but i heard the commentators were like begging for the fight to stop or something like that yeah and it's pretty justified that that they would say that and i don't know like what criteria the refs have when it comes to stopping a fight i don't know if it's literally just their own judgment but maybe we should start to you know propose something where we actually have a criteria for like a certain amount of unanswered shots. Yeah, for real. Because I think they said in the final round of crit, I don't know if it was called crit strikes or whatever, hard strikes. Unanswered strikes. Unanswered strikes. Um, uh, Jan had either, it was either 62 or 92. And oh, Aldo, oh, 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 yeah, significant strikes, yeah. Significant, and Aldo only had one. So, at that point, right, he only had one strike versus however many, 60, 600% more. 6,000% more is like, come on, man. Yeah. Fight's over. Okay. Next, we're going on to uh, the big one, controversial, Holloway versus, um, oh, what's this dude's name? Alexander Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky, yeah. So give yeah. me some background on the fight between the two fighters. Um, Max Holloway started his come up in the uh, around the same time as the, the Conor McGregor era, and when he did, um, and when he did face Conor McGregor, he did lose. It was to a decision. But he was also just one of those fighters from, like, also, you know, the Jose Aldo era, the Conor era. that started to come up, and no one really just knew his potential yet. And then once he started to really explode, he started fighting, you know, these monsters. Like, like I, you know, mentioned Conor. And then he also fought Aldo. Did he beat Aldo? I think he did, right? Yeah, he did. So, and then now with this fight against Alexander Volkanovsky, who's kind of, who's relatively actually pretty new to the scene, but he's been just you know, killing other dudes. And he quite decisively won a fight against Jose Aldo, and this is the rematch. And I was watching it, and I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, Max is looking really good. 
And I, I thought he won the fight. And I thought he got robbed, and so does everyone else. But when I look back, I actually looked at the stats. Volkanovski actually had more significant strikes for, like, three rounds than Max. Oh, shoot. So that's probably the deciding factor, right? I guess, but I want to try and factor in, like, how, how like, important those strikes were because um, Volkanovski got dropped, like, twice. And he he definitely got hurt more. So I think we should start trying to think about the effect of, like, the actual effect of the strikes as opposed to the number of strikes. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So do you think there's going to be a rematch? Because basically it kind of seems even right now. Well, not really, because for, like, for a trilogy... You need to have a one-and-one. One. Yeah, Volkanovski won both of, the, both of those fights, technically. So but you do don't... you think Volkanovski is still questioned going forward, or do you think he's undisputedly arrived? Um, I don't know how long he's going to stay holding the belt. I think he's going to stay holding it for a little bit. I do want to see a rematch between the two because they don't have to be one and one. But I think it would be a really interesting matchup. Who's his next matchup, probably? For Volkanovski? I don't know. That division... Is it kind of weak? Is... No, it's not weak. It's stacked? Uh, it's not stacked either. Um, for For Featherweight, I don't know who is next opponent would would be because i know yawn not not yawn um but yeah, yeah peter yawn and jose aldo they're they weren't flyweight because they dropped down to 135 so they're in the bantamweight division so i don't know who would be next in line for volkanovsky okay okay well moving on everybody knows about this even if you're not a ufc fan even if you're not a sports fan you gotta have heard about kamara uzman versus jorge masvidal Yes. Mr. Title Defender versus the BMF belt holder after taking down Nate Diaz earlier in the year. The absolute workhorse getting his final, his first title fight. Gamebred was popular pick. And he thought he would win. Uh, I, I did think Masvidal would win just due to the, the striking. But, um... The uh the grappling at Uzman was too much. Even though there wasn't really much action, he kind of just held him against the fence for four rounds. But Jorge was looking really good in the first round. I'm not sure if he started to tire out after the explosiveness in the first round. But with this, I want to bring up the UFC cover curse. Do you want do you do you know what that is? No. Oh, <laughs> me. I I know the cover curse is like I know the Madden cover curse, and I know that Masvidal just got the cover. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and elaborate on that because. When the first oh, did he, UFC... did, hold on, hold on. Didn't McGregor get it right before he lost? Yeah, I'm going to go into all of okay, it. Okay, so, okay. in the first UFC, when the first UFC came out, uh, the two fighters that were on the cover was um, John Jones and Alexander Gustafson. So, for Gustafson, right after he was uh, put on the cover, his next fight, he lost. Well, his next two fights, he lost. He lost his uh, upcoming two fights. And then John Jones went to pled guilty in court for hit and run. <laughs> and then UFC two comes out with Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey on the cover. And then Ronda goes oh, yeah. and gets head kicked by Holly Holm, ending her undefeated streak. And then she gets knocked out by Amanda Nunes. So her following two fights are lost by devastating knockout. Career over. Yeah. And then Conor McGregor ended up losing to Nate Diaz and ending his undefeated streak in the UFC. And then UFC 3 came out, and it was just Connor on the cover. And then, as we all know, he ended up losing to Habib. 
And then lastly, UFC 4, 12 hours before UFC 251, the UFC 4 cover comes out. It's Israel Adesanya and Jorge Masvidal, and he loses this fight. So what we're saying is that Adesanya, you might not want to bet him next time. Uh, I really hope he doesn't lose, but this cover crew seems to be pretty, <laughs> pretty consistent. I mean, the only exception you can say is that John Jones didn't ha- hasn't lost a fight since then. But, yeah, Izzy, he, he's my favorite fighter, so I really hope Izzy doesn't lose his next fight. And I think it's going to be against Paula Costa in the, in the next Ultimate Fighter season, but, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, quick thing, you want to give a quick overview about the beef between Masvidal and Usman before this fight happened? Um, well, the, the beef is kind of a little bit petty, but it's just about the fact that Kamaru Usman loves to do this thing where he just plays off other fighters like they're not on his level or anything. And and it's just kind of funny to watch because I remember seeing Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren, you know, five-second <laughs> flying knee knockout. And then you can see Kamaru Usman in the, in the audience just in, in awe, just like shocked. Only just, you know, pretend like, you know, he's nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's like a big respect thing for Jorge Masvidal. So they ended up, after the fight, you know, they... You know, still shook hands and everything. It was yeah, all good. Yeah, but... they sounded chill. Um, Masvidal wants to run it back eventually. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're saying he wanted to run it back. So we'll see how that goes. All right, that sums it up for UFC. Last subject we're going to talk about is F1, because um, we covered it last week. Uh, Franklin, you know what that is? Like racing? F1 yeah. racing? Cool. Yeah. So you can comment on it if you want. So um, Ferrari came out of the gate. Leclerc tried to make a move on... To move up three spots, he started back because in qualifying he got three grid penalty and started at fourteenth, and um, he ended up squeezing Vettel, so they crashed into each other, and they both were out on the third turn of the race and the first lap. So terrible race for Ferrari. Obviously, Mercedes ended up winning, taking first and second with Hamilton and Bottas, and then Max Verstappen got third for Red Bull. So that's your F one update. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Anything else you want to cover real quick before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Well, okay, maybe. Um, trying to get since this is like you know this is a Seattle podcast. Maybe yeah. trying to talk about getting betting to be legalized in Washington. Okay. 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 Cool. So that ties in perfectly because um this past week or two yeah um I've been playing poker online because Word. I was bored. And unfortunately, I can't play free rules because it's not allowed in Washington. It's only allowed in Nevada and New Jersey. And so uh, the interesting thing is no one has been prosecuted under the law saying that online po- uh, betting in general is illegal. No one's been prosecuted. Um, one teacher was caught, but they dismissed the charges. It didn't stand up in court. But it's still technically illegal. I know that there was some movement back before the whole Corona thing came up that they were trying to push up betting. I made a major push, I think, in Seattle. It might have been Seattle City Council. It might have been uh, initially my broad to state legislator. I'm not sure what, but there was some positive stuff. And then COVID came in, and obviously they had to focus their stuff on more important things going on. Yeah. But hopefully that'll change. That'll make sports more interesting. Um. And that reminds me back when COVID started and everyone was betting on the weather because they had nothing to bet on. What a <laughs> time to be alive. Okay. Um, Drew, you want to say anything? Okay. Drew's stay playing. safe and stay safe. Okay. Go, go, go. <laughs> go. 
Talk. Speak your oh. speech. Stand up on your soapbox. Right. Seattle's a great place to live, man. Sports Word. are coming back. MLB's coming back. We're gonna be hyped up here. Uh, you know this isn't like our outro, by the way. Mm. Oh, this is the outro? No, it's not. We're This is our transition to the interview. Bomb. Alright, cool. Um, yeah. So Bad check out <laughs> check out this interview. Yeah, Drew's playing CS:GO again. Please play him. Uh oh, shoot! Real quick, no one messaged us on our last episode with a secret message to be entered in our ten dollars sweepstakes. So you're lost, guys. With that said, we're going to launch an interview with Brent Pella. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to episode five of the Sports Neo Podcast. Joining us today is Mr. Brent Pella, high school basketball stud from Davis High School. Balling out at UC Santa Cruz. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, bro. For sure, for sure. And um, oh, I forgot to mention, top-notch comedian as well. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> um, I just want to first get rolling. So you said you uh you told me you started playing or my bad. You started your first basketball game you went to was uh, for the Sonics. Yeah, yeah. I actually I was born and raised in uh, Davis, California, but when I was like from age five to like seven um we lived in redmond oh shoot up in washington yeah yeah that's like uh, an hour from me yeah and and my i had like a family friend who took me to a couple sonics games when i lived there and that was like you know when you're five you don't you don't know what the hell's going on for sure oh yeah i mean like you know i don't know what's going on now we still don't know what's going on. Uh, but like at age five you're like a little you know you're an ant you have no idea i didn't even know what basketball was and I think going to those Sonics games when I was like five, six years old, um, it got me like just super interested. And then, of course, after that, I fell in love with Jordan and, and then I started playing. Uh, but yeah, dude, the Sonics, hold a, they hold a special place in my heart, man. For sure. Uh, was that the golden age of the Supersonics back then when you were going? Yeah, I think it was. That was Peyton and Sean Kemp. Um, uh, who was the shooter that they had? What was Detlef Schrempf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, they had all those guys. So that was like right after. That was a couple years after they because didn't they play the Bulls in the finals in the nineties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the last. So dance. this was like yeah. <laughs> so this was like a couple years after that. So they were still like com- competing in the West. Dang, golden age of Seattle sports. Huh? Yeah, man. I never haven't been alive for it. <laughs> um, let's take it back though. I want to start up with. Uh, you grew up in Davis. What was Davis like growing up in? Yeah. Uh, it was cool. It was just small little farm town. There's a college out there, UC Davis. You know, it's in the heart of yeah. California, so it's it's a big agriculture area. Um, but you know, it's really suburban. So it was just a suburban farm town. We we got into like you know trouble like most kids did. We just ran around lighting off fireworks <laughs> and throwing toilet paper <laughs> at people's houses and all that kind of shit. Uh, but it was fun. It was cool. And you know, the the guys I grew up with in Davis are still my best friends like to this day. Dang, yeah, wow. It's yeah. nice, that's How nice. How long do you live in Davis? Because you said you lived in Redmond for a couple of years too, yeah? Yeah, so I was born I was born in Davis, lived there until five, moved with my mom to Seattle for a couple of years, and then came back down to Davis when I was like eight or nine. Oh, okay. okay. And there was a Is year in Humboldt in there somewhere. That's in Northern California. And then did you start playing basketball in Washington or in Davis? Um, Probably like on miniature 
plastic hoops in Washington that I can't remember. But then like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I, I started going to school in Sacramento up until sixth grade, um, which is right outside of Davis. Yeah. And I started playing there and, 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 uh, played all the other sports too. You know, uh, I think I played baseball and soccer and basketball. Those are my three main sports. Um, and, um, yeah, but fe- just fell in love with basketball more than any other and kept playing through college. Okay. And that was, uh, I'm listening to your podcast and big fan of the podcast, man. Um, oh, thanks man. Yeah, Thank for you sure. So much. I listened to about four regular and you're one of them. <laughs> nice, um, dude. Thanks dude. I was, you're talking about when pre nine 11, how things were different, how you got to go down to the locker room and meet the players. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Cause just yeah. describe it. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, after nine 11 happens, security everywhere changed everywhere. It, it wasn't just, Oh yeah. Uh, airport security. It was like, you know, the Ross dress for less suddenly had like three security guards. Dang. You know what I mean? Um, so it was just like a heightened sense of security. But before, when I was little, uh, my mom would take me to Sacramento Kings games, and it was back when the Kings were not hot. This was like before the Jason Williams, Chris Webber era, like right before. And um, we we would go to the games. We would go all the way down to the court during pregame warmups, and players would come over and sign autographs. They don't let you do that anymore. And I, when I say to the court, I literally mean like on the on wood, court. like on Dang. the wood of the baseline, like the out of bounds area and the sideline area where the players throw in the ball. It's crazy, dude, to think about how you can't even be l- allowed within like fifty feet unless you show five different guards your tickets, right? Or like give yeah, them like bucks you- cash. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so like uh, I remember those those years of going to Kings games when they were really crappy, but going to see like my favorite players like Vince Carter or um, Tracy McGrady or obviously you know Kobe and Shaq when they came, and then after the games, my mom, who's like my best friend, she's like the coolest person. She 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 was the one who said, "Hey, we should." Like, let's sneak down and see if we can get more autographs. <laughs> and so we would legit, like, go to the freight elevator in the arena and make sure no one was looking and get in and go all <laughs> the way down to the basement level. And just as soon as you're there, people don't question you because it's like everybody that's there is supposed to be there, you know? So we they just thought that we were, like, VIP. So we got to see, like, the interviews that were literally right outside of the locker room and... um get autographs as the players walk to the bus. Uh, it was always really cool. But, oh, my God, you can't even get anywhere near that today unless you're, like, a legit, you know, VIP person. Dang. We missed yeah. out. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're both born after 9-11. Yeah. I, that's just crazy to hear, though, just how much changed after, you know, a single event, like, in everything, too. Because, you know, airport security, it would make sense. But, you know, sports like you said ross yep. like it's just crazy to think how much changed after that yeah but i guess we're kind of going through that now with covid too like i wonder what it'll look like you know 10 years down the line and we'll be like hey you know it used to be we didn't wear masks everywhere kind of <laughs> yeah, dude, events yeah for real it, it's gonna be like yeah well, it used to be we didn't wash our hands every five <laughs> seconds of the day <laughs> you know there's gonna be a bunch of germaphobes but who's to say that they're wrong true, yeah true. it's crazy it's crazy. What whatever changes are going to come out of this are definitely going to be like huge changes, just like that was. 
back when I was a kid. For real, for real. Um, I want to go back though to when you're playing uh high school. Yeah. Are you? You're the star. You're the star of the team. Uh, dude, my high school team was so bad. We like didn't <laughs> have a star. Um, I was the only. One, I I would say that I was the only one that wanted to play at the next level. Okay. Because the high school I grew up in, our basketball coach was not widely loved at the time. Um, I think it's changed now. I think a lot of people really like him now. Uh, but Still the same I, guy? Same guy, yeah. Wow. But when impressive. I was playing yeah. for him, we we a lot we had a lot of issues with the style of coaching that he was doing. And um, our town was like a top dog in baseball and soccer. Like soccer, we had players going pro uh, out of college with like the kids that played soccer in college were going to like Stanford, UCLA, North Carolina. Ooh. There's a, a, we have a couple guys in the MLS right now. Um, baseball, we had a guy, a couple kids get drafted out of high school to the to the majors and then play like on farm teams and work their way onto rosters. Um, but basketball was never like a hugely loved sport, so it's hard. It, and also. For me personally, I was going through like a weird growth spurt, so I was kind of awkward. Like I was, I was kind of a late bloomer, so I was like having weird oh, okay. injuries in high school. Like I slipped a disc, dude, when I was fifteen, and that's Ooh. you don't. <laughs> that's like something a ninety-year-old man, does, <laughs> you know. So I, I was hanging out with a slip disc my sophomore year, just like, "Hello, ladies, how you doing?" My disc might be <laughs> out, but I'm, I can still hang. You know what I mean? Um. But I definitely tried, and it, it was I was captain of the varsity team when I got there. Um, but we just weren't like a huge basketball school. Oh, okay, were you getting recruited out of high school? No, I didn't. Um, but I went to a camp uh, again because our school was like historically bad at basketball. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have any eyes, and our our development program was like non-existent like the coaches were not yeah. trying to develop us for the next level um so it was it, like the thought was it was rare for somebody to even want to play basketball in college but i really wanted to even if that meant like a low division and um i even thought about going to junior college just to play but i got uh into a camp the summer before my senior year of high school at uc santa cruz and i went to the camp it was a week long camp and i ended up ended up getting mvp of the camp and I talked to the coaches and they said like, yeah, you know, we're division three, so we don't have scholarships, but if you want to come and try to walk on, you can. So that's what I ended up doing. And then I really didn't go through like a major, like physical change until my second or third year of college. So I was always like a couple years behind. Um, but I actually, yeah. yeah, I actually transferred to Santa Barbara and, uh, tried to walk on there because they had a good walk-on program, and they're D- Division One. So, like, before my junior year of college, I went through a huge uh, growth spurt, like a, a big physical change, and I was training with my buddy who was, like, a running back in college. And uh, I got down to, to Santa Barbara my junior year, and during the walk-on process, I was, like, the top dog. I was, I was playing really well. The coaches were talking to me. And then in the last scrimmage of the day, I just came down on my ankle and completely blasted it so that was that's devastating that was the end of the hoop dreams dude rip yeah but while you're going through that process man as a walk on a walk on how do you feel like that's gotta be i was excited yeah i was stoked i was just happy to have the opportunity and i felt like i was really doing well 
Um, but, uh, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, because uh, after I, I snapped my ankle and I couldn't play anymore, I just I joined the newspaper and I started making videos. And that was junior year of college. So that's kind of like where um, I guess life opened up a little bit and gave me a different opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to to pursue. As as a kid or as in high school or your first two years of uh, college, were you did you ever have dreams of going to the next next level after college for basketball or were you oh, just dude, trying to figure things out? Oh, dude, to, I still do. I think I wake up every day like, am I gonna go pro today? Hey man, <laughs> you can fill in a slot in the bubble, hit up the nets. Exactly, dude. Somebody out there. I don't have COVID, so some of the, one of these teams is gonna need somebody that's clean. You know, um, I mean. And, you know, when you're a kid, everybody wants to go to the NBA. That's, like, the coolest league to be in. Yeah. So there's the coolest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I had that dream through junior high. Even when I was, you know, a small kid that was scoring four points a game for the eighth grade team, I was like, I'm going to make it. None of these people know. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. You're going to have your own ESPN 30 for 30. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, of course, you know, that once you start growing up and you see kids that are, like, six nine and they're 13 years old you're like okay well I'm not, yeah i'm not gonna make they start dunking and you're like still trying to shoot three pointers right did you guys play sports in high school uh i did i did a track wrestling and cross country so kind of like the opposite spectrum of basketball <laughs> wow that's cool track wrestling and cross country damn those are three like very individual sports they are, yeah. Was that? I mean, um, wrestling. The closest team is, you know, points and dual meets, but that's it. Right, right, right. Damn, that's wild. I've never, I've never done like an individualized sport like that, but I, I have a lot of respect for it. Yeah, and I played uh, tennis all through high school. I'm still playing tennis. I just got home actually from tennis. Oh, word, cool, yeah. man. Tennis is hard, dude. Tennis is like one of it the is, hardest yeah. sports, I think. Yeah, everyone's sleeping on it, or at least in my high school, everyone's sleeping on it. Yeah, have you guys ever tried like? Uh, have you ever just tried water polo or played it at all? Nah, the opportunity to play. But my friend does and <laughs> tells me how hard it is. Like just underwater, it's the trying to control your breath while. Yeah, man. Well, and isn't it they can't touch the floor either? Like they have to be swimming the whole time. Yeah, you have to be like, um, what's it called? Treading water the whole time. Yeah. So like not not only do you have to be good with the ball, but you also have to be good at like not drowning. <laughs> I'm not good at that. I I suck in the water. <laughs> yeah. But um, hey, moving on. Right. When did you start to think you want to be a comedian, or is that just something that happened out of the blue? Um. Well, in in junior high, I was doing a lot of um, like funny videos with friends. You know, shooting little sketches on a little handy cam camera. Mm-hmm. And and then in high school, I did the same thing, and then in college, kind of the same thing. But it wasn't until like junior year of college when the Lonely Island guys, Andy Samberg. Oh, and all those guys, I love Lonely Island. Yeah. Yeah, man. They were like at their peak when I was in college. And um, I was like, damn, maybe maybe that's like a thing that people could do. And I, and I was starting to do like music videos for local people in Santa Barbara when I was in college, just as like side money. And I started thinking like, oh man, you know, I think I could rap mm-hmm. better than some of these rappers that I'm making music videos for. <laughs> and so I started writing like funny rap songs and, <laughs> and filmed a couple and um, and they did they did really well in like the small college community I was a part of. And so when I got to LA, I, I started doing stand up. 
And um, it just kind of happened naturally, but it was never a plan. It was never a plan. Yeah. Yeah, I found you. I found you. I think it was uh, two or three years yeah, ago. Those videos. Was that pre-YouTube? Which ones? Go ahead, Sorry, Isaiah. Which, which ones? Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. is that, was that pre-YouTube? Oh, pre-YouTube. <laughs> no, that, that was like during the YouTube, like the first boom. Like we're in another boom oh, okay. right now, but that was like during the very first YouTube boom when people's, people were putting uh, sketches on YouTube for like the first time. Okay, I was saying I found you from those uh the Valentine's Day music video you did where you're doing um was it G Easy and Pitbull and oh M? nice yeah. man yeah yeah that was an awesome. Insta ad uh, and then I just following you ever since oh sweet man yeah. that's really cool I I always wondered if those Instagram ads work <laughs> yeah I guess they do reach all the way up to Seattle that's cool um so I want to know how do you you're doing these collabs right I found um I found C V Emerson off of you I think yeah and Vincent Marcus love those dudes oh how, yeah how do you meet these people to do collabs with and all that kind of stuff oh dude honestly I, I met both of those guys on Instagram um I uh Stevie and I started following each other uh because I saw he he makes really good content and and Vincent Marcus started following me after I made a couple of Eminem videos. And I saw that he did really good stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot to hate about the internet and, and digital stuff. But a, a one great thing that I love is the ability to, like, meet and work with extremely talented people um, from all over the world, pretty much. I mean, it, like, the internet is so open. You can find anybody that does anything and try to work with them. So, like, when I saw Vincent Marcus's impressions, I was like, oh, my God, I got to do something with this guy Yeah. Um, and his impressions. And then I saw Stevie and his style, and I was like, oh, I love this style, dude. I got to do something with this guy. And they have the same thought process. So, it's nice when you can meet someone that's, like, positive and, and um, is happy to collab and, and supports you and likes your stuff, and you can just kind of work together. So, we just started DMing each other and met up for a couple of writing sessions. And uh, yeah, I love those guys. They're they're two of my favorites for sure. Yeah, that's heck of cool, man. Um, if you say you were born twenty years earlier, right, and you're um going in college, and there's not this whole social media boom, how do you think that plays out for you? Um, that's interesting. I've never thought of that. I think uh, twenty years back, what would that be like? The eighties when there wasn't really the internet. I don't know. I, I think I think my dad said they started using the internet in '85. Yeah, you yeah, know, but it back then, be the same as it is today. Yeah, because cause you couldn't be as self uh, reliant back then. You, in entertainment at least, you you really had to. You couldn't put out short films and short videos. You wouldn't find an audience. You really needed like a network or a studio, or some type of representation to get you in the door of the entertainment business. Um, standup was pretty, was huge in the, uh, in the eighties. It was going through a mega boom. Um, so I, I think if I had been born 20 years earlier, I probably would have just been doing standup mm -hmm. because there wasn't really an opportunity to, to do sketch stuff or put out like content unless you were signed on to like an agency or you're part of a network TV show you know, like Cheers or Everybody Loves Raymond, Seinfeld, so, yeah. so all those things that were huge. Um, that was the way to go. But also back then, they were giving people TV shows way more than they are now. They were they were just like handing out sitcoms back then. So that that 
probably could have been an opportunity for anybody, you know, that you see on the internet if they were around 20 years prior. Could have seen you on The Office. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you are, do you feel you enjoy doing the stand up more or the video content creating, or do you really just like the uh, um the uh, the diversity to do both? Yeah, I, lo- I love doing both because for me it kind of it it, it kind of overlaps. They they overlap each other, right? Because a lot of stuff that I do on stage I make into videos, um, and vice versa. A lot of stuff that I have that ends up being a video, I'll write as like a stand up joke or a story or something. So it kind of works together for me. Um, but I think I'll perform live like for my the rest of my life for sure. There, mm-hmm. There's nothing I love more than that feeling of being on stage and doing really well and seeing the immediate reaction of everybody laughing. That's something that I don't think any viral video could replace. It's like a different type of um, fulfillment, I guess. Both great. Love them both. But definitely love that feeling of being on stage more than anything. Yeah, I feel like you get that more personal connection as a, I mean, from the audience perspective and from your perspective. Yeah. Uh, how do you, just curious, how do you feel if you are going on, you're saying a joke, and it doesn't hit with the audience? <laughs> uh, when I was starting, that was like death, dude. <laughs> dude, that was like absolute death when I was starting out. But over time, a lot. Yeah, it happens to everybody. There's no one that that's a successful stand-up comedian that didn't bomb at least like a hundred times when they were starting out. It, you have to. It's part of the process and nobody knows it when they start too. So it's like, but if you told somebody that was starting out, if, if you could like just show them a slideshow of all the times you bombed when you were starting, I don't think anybody would start it because it's so painful, but it's like, you have to really love it in order to experience that pain, you know, and that struggle. Um, but that, I think that goes for any uh, profession, especially in the creative world. I think you got to go through all those roadblocks and those, those, stum- those stumblings to, find the love in it. Uh but after after a while, you know, you learn to kind of be comfortable in the silence and just kind of like work your way out of it. Um it just takes a while. But yeah, those first those those first scars of failure are uh, are tough to shake. <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever had to deal with like an audience member that I guess was like I know there's a specific term for them that you guys call them in like stand up. Yes, a heckler. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Um lots. Lots of times. Uh, what was the last time I did? Uh, I don't remember any specific ones. There was a time when I performed in Sacramento and somebody yelled out something. Oh, I remember. I had this joke about uh, the name Skylar. And I was like just making fun of a girl that I knew that was named Skylar. And this woman in the back was like, my daughter's name Skylar. <laughs> or something like that and i was like what i forget i I forget what i said i must have said something like art like oh what was it it was really trust me it was funny (laughs) i forget what i said but it was it it was like yeah (laughs) like uh no it, it was something along the lines of like no one cares uh get this woman another quadruple shot of fireball or something like that and she just got like so mad. Oh man! But it was like, dude. If and and at that point, the club owner steps in and like tells her to leave or tells her to shut up or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hecklers are bad. Even the ones that like yell good stuff, like just don't yell anything. Is is are still like annoying. Yeah. yeah. Just just laugh. All you gotta do is laugh. 
How do you feel you about know? people who get uh, pissed off at comedy shows in general? Uh, like if they're like really sensitive to issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think uh we need to be able to make fun of anything and find the irony in anything, and um, so I think it's totally fine to joke about anything as long as there's a real attempt at making a joke. Mm-hmm. And some people get mad at that because if you joke about like a touchy subject or a sensitive issue, um, they'll they'll get really upset and and. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's fair because if you go to a comedy club, you got to know that literally anything can be joked Anything's about. Anything's on nothing, the table. Nothing yeah. is off limits at a comedy show. If it was, it wouldn't be comedy. It would be a TED talk <laughs> with like a structure. It would be a funny TED talk with rules. But that's not what. Um, that's not what comedy is, you know. So, I don't know. I I think if anybody goes to see a comedy show, just be open minded and know that everything you hear is a joke and uh i think people should stop taking stuff super personally <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make a poster for you on that uh we have a graphic designer it's gonna have some quotes from you saying uh, don't take it personally it's gonna yes. be a nice font we'll post Perfect. it outside of uh, all your shows <laughs> um goals going forward for you do you want to headline a big show you want to reach a certain follower um yeah you know um before all of this, uh, all the, before the lockdown happened, I had a pretty big tour that was planned for um, March through August, and literally every single show got postponed. So that was like that, and that was going to be a huge a big step. Um, so now I got to reschedule all that. So I guess the most immediate goal is just to try and get all those dates back and get back out on the road. And then long term, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the only goals I set are just for myself to just get, be more creative and 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 keep challenging myself and all the all the other stuff like following or, or uh, uh, like opportunities, work opportunities, all that stuff will happen. I'm I'm not, I don't focus on that as much as I focus on just like what am I gonna do today that I enjoy doing and and how am I gonna make this next thing happen? All the other pieces will fall eventually. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. When you put out, I know you're talking about, you put out a piece of content that you really liked and it didn't get as much support as you um, hoped for. And then you had that, uh, was it the boomer dance uh, off oh, TikTok yeah. and that, that got a lot of support, but you didn't feel that great about that? Yeah. Um, how do you kind of just, I don't know, internalize the frustration? Because I'm sure there's moments when you just feel that you're stuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The- you know, it's 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 not so much internalizing, I don't think, as much as it is like releasing, um, and just like being, like accepting the feeling of frustration. Because because as a as a creator, uh, of any kind, you're gonna have tons of failures like all the time, and things that you work super hard on are not gonna get the results that you want, um. But you know, it's like losing a basketball game. It, you you think about it for maybe the rest of the day, and then you go to bed, and the next day you wake up and you move on. And and so that's kind of how I've looked at the stuff that I've done. And some of it I look back on and I'm like, oh yeah, this was terrible. I can't believe I made this. Of course it didn't get the results I wanted. And other stuff, um, I just kind of like accept and and learn from it. You know what I mean? And and try to be better on the next one because that's all we really can do. There's no point in, like spending time staying frustrated and 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 angry about a situation uh especially work work related 
because that's just energy that you could spend making something else that's dope. Yeah. So that's how I kind of look at it. So when you yeah, uh, do you think right. basketball? Oh, <laughs> I'll go real quick. Uh, yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is that when you have that, you're kind of you're saying you're accepting those. Um, I'm not gonna say failures, but uh, setbacks, I guess. Yeah. Do you kind of use that as um, motivation in a positive way, or as in a way as I don't want to fail again? Uh, more so in a positive way. More like I I try to keep the mindset of um of like positivity so instead of saying i don't want to fail again it would mm-hmm. it would it would be phrased as like i'm excited because i'm about to win and and that like it that's like a weird way of putting it but do you, do you get that energy yeah 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 it's for a sure way of of thinking about it so that that's kind of how i use the emotion like you remember in the last dance documentary when michael jordan made up that thing about the dude yeah like, hey, <laughs> hey nice game mike and he was like that's all i needed that's all I needed. He said, nice game. And then the other dudes were like, nah, that guy never said nice game. Michael Jordan made that up to pretend that that guy was mocking him so that he could have fuel to win the next day. So it's, it's more like that. It's more like, you know, trying to take something that was a setback or a failure or whatever and, and just uh, learning from it in order to do better the next day. Okay. It kind of like um, this leads into, I don't know if you follow football that much but uh george kittle from the 49ers he was famous for mm-hmm. quoting last year um i hate i don't care about winning i hate losing so i, I was always Ooh. i kind of always think about those kind of parallels right from your perspective of i'm gonna win soon and then his perspective of i hate losing it's a it's an interesting way to go about it yeah everybody's got their own their own way i guess um but i i like to just focus on on whatever the positive is. in this example it's winning right so so i i feel like if i keep if i even say the word losing then that brings the energy of losing into my like field you know what i mean that yeah. brings the and i don't want that i don't i don't even want to think about losing positive vibes only yeah dude that's it um oh, okay so i was curious what invi- inspires your uh video process or content process uh, really anything. There's nothing specific. It's so random and it's so like unplanned, you know. Um, it's kind of like just whatever makes me laugh. That's that's the real, that's literally the the best, uh, um, like rule that I have. That's the only rule that I have. If it makes me laugh, then I gotta make it. That's it. Even I don't care if it didn't make anyone else laugh. If and if the entire world hated it, I don't care. <laughs> if it made me laugh then I need to see it through because I enjoy it. Yeah. And I think, you know, thankfully a lot of people share my sense of humor. So a lot of people are going to like the stuff that makes me laugh too. Um, mm. So that's really the only process that, that happens when it comes to like deciding what to make or what to do creatively is do I enjoy it? And it does it, does it make me laugh? And do you, do you plan it out or do you just kind of um, ad lib it and it just turns out great? A little of both. Um, I have I have a pretty strong improv background. I I went through a couple different improv theaters in Los Angeles, so there's there's always a combination during the writing process and during the shoot of uh improvising a little bit and making stuff up on the fly, and then also having like a bit of a game plan. It it depends on the project, but it's it's a good mixture. All right, cool. Um, let's move on to we're going to our advanced questions section here. Cool. We're gonna up the intensity. 
Uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay, this is a, this is a good one. If you um were to give a metaphor of life, either from comedy or basketball, uh, can you give that to me as poetically as possible? Oh man, that's got to be deep, some dude. Shakespeare level stuff, man. Wow, that's deep. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using this for my first college writing assignment. Oh uh, man. Okay. Um deep state level. Deep state stuff, dude. Uh let's on the fly? Okay. This is life where your is, improv school comes yeah, in. Yeah. Uh life is life is but a fast break. <laughs> <laughs> Full speed ahead to the hoop, and everybody's chasing. But if you focus on the rim and don't pay attention to the noise of the crowd, then you will be able to dunk your dreams. Word. Boom. Shakespearean level stuff, guys. I'm I'm (laughs) snapping for you. Thanks, man. Jazz hands over here. That was fire. That's my that's my next Instagram uh caption right there. <laughs> so I'll tag you. Um, yeah, man. Okay, okay. Now we're going to the real thing. We got philosophy questions. That was that was from one of mine. But we got a list of philosophy questions here. One through two hundred five. Pick a number. Uh, twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, okay. So we're trying to give you uh some of the most interesting interesting uh interview questions you've ever had. Okay. Right here we got. Ooh, okay. Is suffering a necessary part of the human condition? Yes, 100%. And uh, you got to explain why. Um uh I don't think happiness comes without suffering. Cuz if you only have happiness, then you're not really experiencing life, you're living in a false uh a false reality. And in fact, if you only have happiness, then you're going to start suffering because you don't know what the human experience is and you're going to feel like a wanting to have that suffering so that'll create suffering um but i don't i don't think any i don't think any good things happen without suffering and struggle and i think that's a huge part of the, of the human experience okay okay yeah i th- i'd agree with that cuz you have to yeah. know the lows to feel the highs yeah um not a philosophy question but one that i got uh that i've been thinking about you uh, see MJ, right? He's uh, getting his rings. He's got six rings. Do you feel that an athlete who's that focused and competitively driven feels satisfied when he's done? Um, I don't know if Michael Jordan was ever satisfied, dude. I think that's why he was so he was so great and competitive. That's that's his blessing and his curse. Yeah, is I don't I don't think he was ever satisfied. I still don't. I don't think he ever will be. Um, a, a guy like that, I don't think he ever will be. But then again, like, who really is satisfied? Because that's, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think somebody like that. Because the question is, was Michael Jordan? Do I think he's satisfied? Yeah, because ever was. I don't think he is. I don't think he can be. No, I don't think he can be. And I think that's his blessing and his curse. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I think. That's cool, cool, cool. Let's uh, let's pick another number though. Uh, nine, nine. Low numbers, man. We gotta get up there. 
Okay. Yeah, we got 253. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Where does your self-worth come from? Uh, myself. Comes from myself, dude. <laughs> self-worth comes from yourself. I think I think your self-worth um is I mean it's 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 not up to anybody else but you to decide how how worthy you are uh and how much you think that you are worth like in the world in relationships and in in friendships and love and work um that's up to you I think self-worth is a is is con- is a confidence thing and people who have low confidence in themselves think they don't deserve stuff and they have low self-worth. But I think everybody should have confidence in themselves because everybody does have value in in society. If you didn't, then you wouldn't have been born. If, but every single person who's born, I think, has a huge potential to be a value to society and therefore should have a lot of self-worth and a lot of uh, uh, self um a lot of self-worth and um, and confidence in themselves. Self-esteem. That's the word I was looking for. I yeah. think everybody should have a lot of self-esteem. Mine comes from just knowing that I have something to give. And and uh, that's just me personally. So Yeah, okay. I feel that. If uh, you finish comedy, you can go on an inspirational, uh, motivational speaker, man. Yeah, or- dude. You're going to have to come with me and fire off these questions. <laughs> hey, for sure. <laughs> uh, straight off of, uh, what's this called? Conversationstarterworld.com. Yep. Uh, okay, okay. High number, high number. 252. Ooh, we got to scroll a lot. <laughs> He's almost got it at the max. <laughs> yep. Oh, these are about the universe and reality. Nice. Um, wait, what, what number did you say again? 262? 252. 252. Okay. Um, how long will you be remembered after you die? Dang, that's, that's interesting. Uh, got real deep. Mm, I don't think anybody is remembered forever and in a couple thousand years there will be no sign that humans ever existed on the planet so personally like how long will I be remembered yeah maybe I don't know it depends on how long the internet is up you know that's true at this point if I die tonight I will be remembered probably for like a couple generations because uh, some kids will show their kids. Yeah, we got you. We got some you. Videos, or it'll get passed down the family a couple generations. Um, but no one gets remembered forever, and we're all gonna die. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if we're feeding to the inspirational speaker anymore. I know, but, I mean, <laughs> but that I in itself I- is inspiring, you know. And just knowing that we're all gonna die, so that it, you, you can either be like, ah, you know, screw it, I might as well jump off a bridge right now, or <laughs> yeah. you can be like, well. I better make this life worth it while I'm here, you know? Yeah. Does that bother you at all? Um, no. Uh, it does not. Because I I feel super lucky to even be alive. Like, it's so rare to even have life. It's so rare to be a human in the whole span of everything in the universe. So I, I just feel lucky to be able to be a human and, um, and grateful that I'll have some years to experience that. Yeah, I know you do the, your Gary Vee videos, and I saw a video of him. He was saying, I think it was, um, the odds of winning the lottery times uh, 10 to infinity of being born. Oh, <laughs> Something really? Something crazy like that, yeah. <laughs> of being born as a person? Yeah. 
Wow, that's wild. That is wild. Yeah. Okay, okay. We got one more for you before we're gonna switch over to the game show. We okay, got some hard questions for you. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I found <laughs> oh, one that's too good. One. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hit me. Um, how do you feel about immortality? Uh, like AI type stuff. Um. Okay, we're gonna like have two. A, like we're gonna have two parts to this. Consciousness in a robot. <laughs> the first part we're gonna say is um, you drink a potion, you live forever. And let's say that population problems are not an issue, and say we can like live on infinite planets or whatever. Um. If I I would do that if I had the option to kill myself at any minute. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. I would do that, but I would not. If it was either live as a regular human or live forever and you can literally never ever die i would live as a human Mm -hmm. i get that and if you were immortal what would you do like you've mastered comedy you've mastered content creating you've mastered motivational speaking what's the next thing you want to explore i would get the space i'd get the hell out of earth (laughs) i'm gone so fast dude i wouldn't even make another video if elon musk injected me with a chip that made me live forever and I could do anything I want. I'd take one of his rockets and get the hell out of here, dude. Immediately. Yeah. Get on board with uh, his son, XAE. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go explore the universe. 100%. Hey, and you can vlog it. It's going to be Star Trek, but vlogged. Right. That'll get some views. <laughs> that would. <laughs> okay. So then um, part B of the question, uh, let's say you are in your, I don't know, your essence, your soul is injected to an AI for immortality. Uh-huh. How would you feel about that? Do you feel it's like still you? Um, yeah, because it's your, you know, it's your, if it's your consciousness, then that's you. Uh, from everything I understand about consciousness, which is not a lot, but I would probably be down for that. Uh, if it got to my the end of my life and I was on my way out, you know, with days to live, I'd be like, yeah, let's try it out. Try to put me in a robot. It's Transformers. Uh, the whole world's gonna be Transformers. Right, exactly. I'd try that. I'd be down for that. Put me, put me in a different like body. Who, who's to say that hasn't already happened, dude? <laughs> we True. might all be in a simulation right now. You know? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> I love the Matrix. Yep. Deep state. Okay, okay. I just gotta ask you before we move on. Then favorite deep state conspiracy. Um. Oh, dude. I mean, the conspiracies that are out there are so funny. <laughs> I, I like they them because really they're are. entertaining. They're so funny. I, I don't like subscribe to them or spend like a lot of time trying to learn about them and figure them out because I, I think that's a little bit of a waste, but I spend enough time to be entertained by them. Yeah. And the one that's the most entertaining is the lizard people one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is comes so from. funny, dude. Too. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so absurd. It's hilarious. Um, I I hope that it is real, just because I would love to see the who who's a lizard. I want to see Justin Bieber with his lizard eyes. Oh no! Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's just that that's my favorite one to think about. It's just funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get scared that like if I send it to someone, they're gonna take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. It's easy to get caught up. Yeah, for sure. You, I, I've read some stories about how people just their lives get taken away by these conspiracy theory involvements but yeah man i like to laugh at them yep all right all right uh you ready for the game show yep okay okay and then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hear some impressions okay my guy isaiah okay um hey isaiah drop the beat for the game show
Oh, am I making it up? Is he going to do some impressions over this? No, no, no. I... Just You're doing the intro. Game show <laughs> intro first. Oh, I don't remember what I did last time. <laughs> no, Ad lib, man. You're showing... You're showing... Ad lib. All right, here's my... Showing your improv uh, skills. Oh, uh, dang. Um, boom, 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 boom. Nice. Welcome to the game show, yo. Boom, 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 boom. Coming in with this flow. Boom, 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 nice. boom, boom. Got ten or eight questions to give. Boom, 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 boom. Will he win? Boom, boom, boom. There you go. There we go. We're Love it. Going on SoundCloud. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, so the way this game show works, man, is you are in competition with a bunch of other people. With Sports Neil Nation out here. That's our name, our podcast. Um, cool. so we have eight questions. The way it runs down is the first six questions are multiple choice. Uh, the seventh is a free response, but it's worth four points. And the eighth is a double or nothing optional, okay? And um, we are on episode five, so we're running this for 12 weeks. And after 12 weeks, the person at the top of the leaderboard is going to get a um, gigantic prize to be cool. determined. Something that even you will never have access to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, we're still figuring out the prize. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, so keep that in mind. If you get uh, over eight points, we'll send you some free merch. Cool. Yeah. So you can rep that on your comedy tour. Uh, we will not complain. Would love to. Okay, okay. Um, let's get this started then. I'll go first. First question, number one, starting with football. How many Super Bowl, Super Bowl rings does Tom Brady have? And um, the options are A, 4, B, 5, C, 6, or D, 7. Uh, doesn't he have 6? C, 6. That right? is correct. Is yeah, okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> nice. Before you can change right, your answer. Strong with the first point. All right, moving on to question two. Which player was drafted in the first round in both MLB and NFL? Was it A, Russell Wilson, B, Kyler Murray, C, Pat Mahomes, or D, Tom Brady? Oh, um. <sighs> it's either Russell or Pat. Uh, shoot. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. C. Final answer? Incorrect. Oh, uh, who was it? Russell? <laughs> no. No? It was, it was the other Tyler dude? Murray. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know who that is. No, he, right. he, uh, he plays for Arizona Cardinals, but um, he got drafted to like fifth overall by the Oakland A's. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. What's crazy is all four of those dudes were drafted for baseball, too. But Tom Brady was? Yeah, like 18th round as a catcher. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. That's cool. All right, question number three. <laughs> this is a good one, man. Um, what's the width of a football field? The and, width. Yeah, in yards. We got 48 yards, 51 and a half yards, 53 and a third yards, and 54 and two-thirds yards. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, B, 51 and change. I'm sorry, incorrect. It is C, 53 and a third. Wow. What a weird number to make it. It yeah. is, yeah. Like, why is it so specific? That's so specific. I don't, I don't know what that... I did that. Does that change into, like, a whole number in uh, feet, maybe? Maybe. But they don't. They go by yards for everything else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good question, <Interesting>. though. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so now moving on to basketball. A little more familiar home territory here. Cool. So... Kobe was drafted by Charlotte and then immediately traded for what player? A. Allen Houston, B. Steve Smith, C. Vlade Divac, or D. Nick Van Exel? Uh, 
Excel. Oh man, it was Vladi, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, Vladi. Correct. Hey, do you rep? Uh, are you a Sacra- uh, Sacramento Kings fan still? Uh, kind of. I guess just because I got to be loyal. But when <laughs> I was growing up, I just I loved all the other teams that were coming in because mm-hmm. all my favorite players were not on Sacramento. So I've always been kind of a player fan more than anything else. But I do root for the Kings whenever they're on, no matter who they're playing. Who's your favorite player right now? Uh, in the league right now, I love Giannis. I love. I I, I really like. But Russell Russell Westbrook. I've always really liked his game. Um, and uh, who's that dude, uh, that Italian dude? Um, is he on the Lakers or the Bucks? I forget his Wait, name. Marco Bellinelli? Mm, maybe. There's oh, wait, Rudy dude. Gobert? <laughs> no, no, he used to play at Villanova. Oh, is, uh, he, is he, like, recently? Yeah. Within the past couple of years, um, uh, Villanova. Did he get drafted by Philly first? He might have. Uh, Brooks. I don't know. That's not. He's not Italian though. Yeah, there's some Italian dude I think that played for Villanova. Um. Anyways, I like those guys, but there's there's so many guys to love in the in the league right now. It's a fun place. Uh, do you like Embiid? Yeah, I do. Yeah, let's I like go. Embiid. Let's go. I, I'm a Sixers fan because I never got to watch the Sonics. <laughs> Oh, right on. But, um, okay, okay, okay. Question number five. Let's get back focused in. Um, what do you have? You're two for four right now, so you're doing pretty good. Cool. Uh, what pick was MJ taken with? Uh, uh overall? Know? Uh, yeah. Third. You knew, you didn't even need the multiple you choice. You need the options for that, dude. <laughs> hey, who was taken first? In that, in that draft? Yeah. Oh, that would be, um, oh, shoot. The two guys that were chosen before him were wasn't Sam Perkins chosen before him? Um, I'm I'm googling it right now. Uh, this isn't for points. Oh, it's uh, Hakeem. Hakeem, that's right. Okay. And then uh, Sam Bowie. I don't know. Sam what... Bowie, not Sam Perkins. No. Oh, Sam Perkins was next. Right. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. Okay. But um, so where we we are three for five going into question yeah. six. Last multiple cool. choice question. Hit him, Isaiah. All right. So Providence, Rhode Island had a basketball team. What was the name of that team? And it was NBA. Was it, was it A, Providence Blizzards, B, the Steamrollers, C, the Beat Diggers, or D, Wampus Cats? Whoa. <laughs> was this for the ABA? No, this was for the NBA. Oh, man. Um, I can look up real quick how long they were in the league. Um, can, you, can you read those one more time? The Yeah. So it was A, Providence Blizzards, B, Steamrollers, C, Beat Diggers, or D, Wampus Cats. It was uh, from 1946 to 1949. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What were the first two? Steamrollers was one of them? Yeah. And Providence Blizzards. You're not feeling the Wampus Cats? No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be either. I'm going to go with steamrollers, dude. You got it, man. Right. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. That is it. Amazing. You My family sh- lives in Providence, so uh-huh. if I got that wrong, they'd be very upset. You got to check out their logo. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. That's wild. Yeah, it is wild. Uh, hitting you with the tough questions. We got the reputation to uphold here. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. So, uh, four for six. You're... <laughs> You're in contention for uh, one of the top scores so far. Cool. 
So this is number seven, your multiple choice question. We got specialized. Uh, you said you loved uh, UC Santa Barbara growing up. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Okay. So we've asking for the most, uh, one of the most famous UC Santa Barbara athletes was a baseball player. And he was a three-term MLB All-Star and the 2002 Cy Young winner. Oof. And you get one hint if you want to. Yeah, I need that hint. Um, ask me a question, and I will answer it for you. Except you can't ask who was it. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what team he what, played for. What team? Yeah, what team did he play for? Let's check. Baseball. He played for... Da, 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 da. He played for Oakland for the first six years, and then he played for San Fran for the next five or six years. He re- and then he played one year in Oakland in 2015. Whoa. Oakland, San Francisco. And he was good in Oakland, not too good in San Francisco. Damn, I have no idea. I have no idea, dude. Uh, baseball is not my forte. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't even guess. You gotta I give me a guess. No just a random guess. Dude, I don't even know anybody. It starts with B. Played. It starts with B. B. BZ, man. BZ. Um, you're gonna tell me, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, I had cards <laughs> of that guy. <laughs> ben Ziebler. Ben Ziebler? Dang. Yeah. You were off by uh, a, a couple letters. Okay. Barry Zito. Oh, Barry Zito. I know who that is. All right. <laughs> yeah, I forget all my baseball guys. Okay, okay. We got, um, we're going back to basketball for the double or nothing. Cool. If you want to do it. If you want to. So, yeah. well, first, let's, let's give you the rundown of your situation here. Uh, if you were to give up right now, you would be in uh, third place in the game show ahead of Isaiah, who uh, is co-hosting <laughs> right here. Uh-huh. You kick him into last place, or uh, you could go for double or nothing and try to tie second place. Yeah, give me that double or nothing, baby. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, Isaiah, can you give me a a, a drum roll? Uh. <laughs> All right. For the double or nothing, we got which team is the only first seed to lose in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, and who beat them? And you have three hints and three guesses. Oh my God, that was like last year. I think it was 2017. Or like within the past two years. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, hint, hint. You got to ask some questions, man. I'll answer them okay, for you. Okay, okay. Uh, um, who was who the team that that beat them? That's part of the what you got to answer. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um. I can tell you what conference what? the team was. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. What conference was the team? Uh, do you want both? Uh, give me the team. What conference was the number one seed that lost? Okay, okay. Um, let's check here. They were part of the ACC. 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 So that's like. Wait, is the ACC North Carolina? Is North Carolina in the ACC? Correct. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Uh. Uh. Wasn't it uh Virginia? Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. That was Virginia. Okay. You gotta tell me who they lost to then. 
Oh, dude, that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. I'm not, I, you, I'm not you still got. That. You still got two more hints. There's no. There's. I, that is an impossibility. I will Damn. hit you. Okay. Uh, let's see here. They play. Um. I'll tell you. They're it's ma- a 16 seed. 16 seed teams are always like super obscure. <laughs> they're out of the It'd American. Like North, American North Portland East Conference. State Tech. <laughs> military base. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so they are um in the American East Conference. They are the Golden Retrievers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean I don't know, but I remember <laughs> that being in the news. And um, I'll, I'll give you one more just because I'm, I'm feeling nice. Uh huh. Um, let's think of good thing here. Okay, they uh they are part of the U- University of Maryland. Um, so it's like University of Maryland something. Yeah, it's like um, if you were to do UCLA, it's like UM oh, something something. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I'm not gonna get it. I'll guess. Guess for it. University of Maryland. Uh, I'll give you the, uh, the letters. It's UMBC. Oh. Damn. Bal- Baltimore College. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore City. Bourbon Center. <laughs> hey, let's get let's basketball get basketball crew. Final answer. University yeah. of Maryland basketball crew. Oh no no man! Don't go for that! Don't go for that! You can give me a better final answer. Uh, it's got to be Baltimore. Um, Baltimore City. Final answer. Bal- University of Maryland, Baltimore City. Yeah. What else would it be? It That's would it. be Baltimore County. No way. <laughs> no way. University of Maryland Golden or uh Baltimore County Golden Retrievers. Baltimore County? What a weird school name. Yeah. That's funny. Damn. Dang. I almost had it. I got Virginia though. You did, you did. So we'll give you we'll give you we'll give you partial credit, so you won't be in last place. Okay, cool. We'll give you half a plate, uh, half a and point. And I'll still be ahead of Isaiah. That's yeah. the whole goal. That's what matters, oh, man. Right, goodness. that's all that matters. <laughs> and and we'll give you we'll give you a discount on the merch. We might just send some over to your. Uh, oh, cool! Right on. To your yeah, we're gonna deep web search your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So that's that's the game show, everybody. Um, a couple quick things I just want to ask you real quick. Uh, tell me, I you talked about the Kobe camp. I just want to hear more about that. Uh yeah, that was fun, man. Um, I found out that he did his camp at UC Santa Barbara when I was going to school there as a junior, and I interned for a year, and then uh, got to know all the coaches and and meet everybody that was a part of the camp, and they brought me back to be a coach for six years in a row. And every year for eight days and nights, I would have my own team of like twelve ten year olds. And we would do drills, and Kobe would walk around and, and coach kids, and um, he was really involved, and uh, it was a blast, man. It was it was it was my favorite thing to do every summer for like six years. Did you ever get a one v one him with Kobe? Yeah, yeah. Like to play him? Yeah, yeah. No, no, Aww. no way. <laughs> he, he was uh, in heavy training mode whenever he was not around campers. Um, but it was cool to hear him talk. You know, he would do Q and As every day. And he was always willing to talk to kids or talk to coaches, and uh, it was cool. It was it was a good energy to be around, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. crazy, man. Like all that's happened this year. Yeah. It's wild. So Australia, 
And is this not even? We're not even halfway done. Are you doing yeah. comedy shows again? Uh, as soon as I can, dude. They're um all the all the comedy clubs are closed right now, so there's not much I can do. Okay. Besides, put stuff out online. Um, hopefully, you know, by by the end of this year, I'll be able to get back out out on the road a little bit. I'm I'm hoping to go out to Texas, uh, in August. I think Texas is open right now, but who knows with the number of cases that are rising up. I mean, I wish I made the rules, but I do not. So yeah, yeah. I just, just got to follow them. Um, but yeah, hopefully, and I, I would love to come up to Seattle so, uh, too. Um, maybe in 2021, do some shows up there. Yeah, for sure, man. You should do some college shows at uh, UW. I'm gonna be yeah. there. Oh, dude, that'd be rad, man. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. And then hit up, uh, Isaiah, where are you going? Uh, UNR. I actually live in Reno. I'm just visiting family in Texas. Reno! Right oh, yeah, yeah dude. So... I, I've been there many times. I, there's a comedy club out there that I like to come up to like once a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah what's sure, the name? Sure. It's, uh, it's called Reno Tahoe Comedy. It's at like the Pioneer Center or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird little spot, but they've always treated me really nice. So, okay, okay. Oh, uh, so yeah, for sure, we'll uh, f- plug you once you have your comedy show coming out. I'm, I'll hopefully I'll be able to go down if you're up here in Seattle. Um, be sure That'd to be awesome. ch- check out the uh, Brent Pellis show on Spotify, Apple, all major podcasts. Ten out of yeah. ten recommend. Um, what else? What else? Oh yeah, we gotta get through some impressions here, man. Oh sure. I know. I've been I've been dying to hear these. Oh <laughs> cool, man. Um okay, okay. Isaiah Isaiah's gonna give you a beat. Can you give us um some M M&M? and M? Oh he- <laughs> Okay. What do you want? What do you what should I rap about? Um just a freestyle. <laughs> oh, about, oh, uh, how, how about about Seattle? Yeah, I'll for sure. About Seattle. That, our fans will love that. Alright. Just know, just a heads up, I'm very bad at freestyling. I'm like <laughs> okay. that's one of the worst things. Like I can improvise and and act, but I cannot freestyle rap so i no, hope but... everybody has extremely low expectations here your, your ad libs <laughs> i love that that quavo video the migos oh, one cool. thanks man yeah that was fun too yeah my beat's not gonna be very special either so okay cool be we'll be we'll be terrible <laughs> together exactly Yo, Seattle, talking about the phonics. Can you read? What do you need? Hooked on phonics? It's always raining. It's cold as hell. Everybody looking for Sean Camp. And they say in Seattle how it never stops raining. I'm just driving through these streets. I'm looking for Gary Payton. Ooh. <laughs> That's 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 the that's some dude. Uh, fire. Yeah, the first word I just had to like keep a straight face and keep going. I just couldn't after a little bit. <laughs> when he did that growl. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's. Uh, can you give us a pitbull? Oh, dude, I that's Vincent Marcus, bro. I cannot oh. do pitbull. Yeah. Dang. He, he's got that unlocked, dude. He's, we gotta uh, we gotta get him on here. He's the best. Yeah. We got we. I love that. Uh, yeah. Pitbull. Okay, okay. Gary V. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know uh, the, what you guys are doing right now is is you're making content, and that's really what you want to be doing is making content. This podcast, you should do a podcast about the podcast, right? Then you have oh. two podcasts, and then and then you go 
and you can make some money off of both of the podcasts. You buy some sports cards, maybe some some Gary Payton rookie cards, okay? And you use it to pay for your college tuition, and then you start a podcast network, and you do 10 podcasts every day about the Sonics. Eat shit. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. (laughs) Hey, real talk, though. I've... Well, at first, when you came out with the podcast way back then, I was thinking doing a podcast, and I was watching Gary V, and I'm like, yo, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he speaks the truth, you know? Speaks the truth. Um, One more thing. Uh, are you not Are you not a big fan of, um, what's that dude, Pete Davidson? I, I, I'm fine with Pete Davidson. Um, My buddy that was on the podcast is not, Okay, <laughs> I don't think. I, I think uh, we had a moment. Um, where he like took a jab, he jabbed at Pete Davidson, and I-, I laughed about it just in the moment. But I got nothing against Pete Davidson. I think his stand up is super funny. Gotcha, gotcha, got 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 to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I think that's everything I have for you, Isaiah. You want to ask anything else? Nah, man. I'm just I'm happy that you came on the show. It was a blast to have you on. Love oh, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll have to check you out too. Like. I didn't hear about you until I guess basically today. I'm gonna be completely honest, but right on. hearing all this rep and stuff, I'm definitely gonna come check you out. Oh, please do, man. Yeah, that'd be rad, and and hopefully I'll be up in Reno again and and Seattle next year, and um, you know, bring all the homies. It'll be a fun time, man. For real, for real, for sure. We will do that. Um, again, yeah. Thank you, man. Um, I was uh, surprised you replied, so really appreciate that. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm glad you hit me up. I really appreciate you being interested. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's everything for you today. Um, if you want to come back on the show sometime in the future, we'll definitely hit you up, make that happen. Cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, I was talking with Isaiah before you got on here. Long term plans here. We're thinking four years. We're going to be saving up. We're going to have this. We're going to have our podcast conglomerate, just like Gary V said. Uh-huh. And, um, hopefully we might have a little bit to spare and we're going to hit up the World Series of Poker, do a vlog on that. So, oh, wow. You're, That'll you're, be cool. you're invited if you want to come down. Dude, I'm terrible at poker, but I'll come lose some money and watch hey. you guys. <laughs> hey, you can be the hype man, hype man. Yeah, there you go. All right, for sure, for sure, for real. Thank you, every uh, again, that's a Brent Pella. Check him out on Insta. Check out his website. Hit him up on comedy. All that good stuff. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Of course, man. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, Franklin is still here. Do I, do I got to leave? No, you got to stay. You're part oh, of the outro okay. crew, man. So, we're going to do something interesting right here. We're going to look up a random question, and Franklin's going to answer it with his hot take. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. Alright, sounds good. Franklin, when's the last time you experienced nostalgia? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I was looking at some apartments that I used to, like, live in, in, like, first grade. Online, I was like, yo, I, I used to live there, dog. That's crazy. I feel it, I feel it. Um, I experienced nostalgia last night because I was waiting for basketball and there was no basketball. <laughs> oh, damn. Feels bad, Tough. feels bad. Okay, uh, one more question. Wow. Drew, you almost ready? Uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, ready to go. Okay, okay, we're going to give him one more question. Uh, oh, that's weird. What's the first movie that made you cry? Uh, I actually haven't <laughs> cried during any movies or TV shows except for, like, this doesn't count because obviously I haven't cried during any movies, but I did, the first time I cried during anything, like, animated 
wasn't Avatar The Last Airbender when Iroh was at his uh, son's grave. Understandable. I have not seen Avatar The Last Airbender. Dog. I've been watching <laughs> it since like 2008, Connor bro. Hop on. Weak uh, as hell. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, last time I cried watching, uh, or the first time, I mean, is, uh, watching the Mariners, um, lose when they were half a game out of playoffs. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Yo. Yeah, I got this, I got the same birthday as Ichiro. Hey, for real? Yeah, deadass. That's clean. Bro, you're Ichiro reincarnated. He's not dead. Yeah, but, like, in the future. Oh. Oh, okay. If he does, then you're automatically the next Ichiro. You're gonna okay, like cool. wake up with baseball powers, and you're just gonna be able to hit home runs and hit dingers off of Drew, and strike right, him out, and make yeah. Drew like swing and miss and throw his batter's glove over his head and break the bat over his head, and um, yeah, all that good that stuff. Baseball. Yeah, and he's just gonna retire and go play for the um, Chicago White Sox. Is garbage. A team, yeah. Uh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> just, just awful. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, oh, we're gonna wrap this thing up because there's not much else to talk about, and it's already a long episode with the interview. Uh, what's our secret word of the uh, episode, Franklin? I don't know. Salamander. Salamander. You got it, Franklin. You're fired. Um. So everybody, go like, comment on our uh, post when this thing comes out, or DM us on Insta with the word salamander to be entered into our weekly $10 pot. Um, if you did it last week, you could have won $10 for free, because there's no contest, but y'all slacking. <laughs> I might just um, comment. <laughs> yeah, frankly, you can't do that, man, because you're part of the episode. Bruh. With that said, um, oh yeah, big announcement, Nathaniel dipped out of the podcast, so... Hey, new mem- new member? Yeah, new member, Isaiah. Sorry, Franklin. Oh, that's all right. If you cop a mic, maybe. And you got to start watching some football and baseball and stuff. Oh, shoot. That's probably, like, important or something. Yeah, just a little. Um, So, yeah, send uh, Nathaniel hate mail. Um, yeah, no not problem. actually. Not actually. Like, send him a nice mail. Actually, yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, just send him a nice mail. Like, nice job, Nathaniel, for leaving the podcast. That's, like, the perfect line. And um, congratulations, Isaiah, for being promoted to full-time co-host. Um, with that said, let's wrap it up. Drew, you know what you got? Nah, Franklin's the guest. He's got to do the outro beat. What? You're doing an outro beat. No. We, we planned this, man. It's part yeah, of your I'm contract. Not, I'm not, yeah, you didn't give me a contract. I'm not on the beat for today. I'm, I'm speechless. Sorry. All right, Franklin, any last message you want to say to the fans? Yeah, no. Yeah, we kicked him because he doesn't deserve it because he um, didn't do the outro beat. <laughs> All right, Drew, hit me with the beat. Sports Needle. Let's go, boys!